Welcome to an exploration of showing up unapologetically as ourselves on today's Low Tox Life podcast. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. It is show number 322 and I am welcoming you to a a very interesting conversation that I had uh, with Dr. Dane here. Uh, His doctor in his name is from his time as a chiropractor, but he has gone on to do a lot beyond that to support people's health and healing. And the way I came across his work was having an amazing treatment recently. Uh, Often PRs invite me to try a type of therapy or uh, enjoy some sort of uh, consult of sorts. And this one intrigued me because of how inactive it was. So it's literally, it's called access bars and it is the positioning of a practitioner's hands, a trained practitioner's hands on a particular sort of circuit, if you like, around your body, moving their hands maybe once every five to 10 minutes. So if I think about it, the most like it I've experienced is Reiki. Uh, But I I can tell you from this experience, and it was a wonderful practitioner uh, who just had those healing kinds of hands where you just felt so cared for and safe. Uh, But I walked out of there feeling like a million bucks and I was like, this is interesting. I wonder, you know, how widely used this is, whether people listening to the show can then go and try it. And the good news is there are practitioners all over the world using access bars. Uh, Then I looked into people teaching in uh, the space of access bars or being connected to it and came across Dr. Dane Heer's work and watched a few of his YouTubes. He has thousands of, I think something like nearly 200,000 subscribers and had millions and millions of views. And what I was drawn to in the way he spoke and communicated was his quirky, unapologetic self. And as someone who has just been diagnosed with ADHD, combined type, hello out there to anyone who is going on that self-exploration journey, I certainly don't see it as a problem or an affliction. I'm more unpacking, uh, the, the beauty of neurodivergence, uh, as someone who has finally (laughs) admitted slash realized that I am myself. And, and I think, uh, I think it's actually made me find more beauty in, or, or even sharpened my radar for people who are being unapologetically themselves as I, get to know myself better through this process. I'd be super keen to hear whether anyone else is at this sort of stage of self-discovery or uh, whether you've noticed how um, there might be a disconnect between how you present and how you actually feel and are on the inside. And actually working with my coaching students in the Lotox method uh, business program that I run, 
uh, we've actually just done a whole call on not thinking about what you're saying so much as thinking about how much you don't say. What do you hold back to either because you think you have to, because you think it's more acceptable, because you think uh, you don't want to uh, give too much of yourself or you don't want to upset the balance. There is so much we hold back and I genuinely believe uh, that when we talk about topics like the ones we're talking about today around rewiring the brain, uh, disconnecting from stories and uh, patterns that don't serve us, unlocking trauma, all of that stuff, I think there are such baby steps we can do from today to actually just be more ourselves and that in itself is a boon for the nervous system uh, and and something that uh, I've always taught in a business context and in communications and public speaking coaching, but never really looked at it through um, this lens of personal development uh, on such a deep level. And so we are exploring that in today's show. Uh, I need to give a trigger warning here. Dane talks about his journey on the brink of suicide. If you need support, please reach out to your local crisis hotline. I'm sending you big hugs if this is a hard time for you. Uh, This show is by no means here to treat, diagnose or cure, but it will offer uh, perhaps some hope, perhaps some cool things to think about. And, uh, you know, Dane and I really just go, uh, go at some big tangents and down some, some cool rabbit holes, fleshing out how much we externalize ourselves, how much we externalize solutions, um, and how much we can actually find within ourselves and celebrate, um, to feel, more authentic as we show up. And I, I almost hate using the word showing up authentically because it's bandied about on the internet so much. But what I really mean is just feeling happy in your own skin and also feeling happy to show up for others in that skin. So if that sounds like something you're interested in exploring, I think you're really going to like this show. And because I'm quite interested in brain rewiring and because I've, uh, I'm still exploring mold sensitivity, uh, after years of making huge progress in SIRS, chronic inflammatory response syndrome. I'll put some details in the show notes if you think you've been affected by mold. Uh, and because I know Dane does rewiring work on some of his weekend workshops and in private client work, I wanted to see, I wanted to get a taste of what it would be like if you were an attendee in one of his workshops and if you brought up an issue that doesn't seem to want to leave you alone, uh, what part of the rewiring process looks like um, in terms of what he teaches and takes people through. Uh, so if you're up for a bit of woo-woo, the, sec- the last half hour of the show kind of centers around a real-life example. I made myself a guinea pig. You guys know I love to do that. Uh, and I think, uh, I think it was a pretty exciting um, exploration. I'm always very open and curious. So let me know what you think when you've had a listen to the show. Now, of course, this show can't happen without the support of our sponsors. We have two wonderful sponsors, our major sponsor, Oz Climate, who are fabulous at giving us 10% off their already discounted air purifiers, the Winix range. 
which is a fantastic Korean product, uh, as well as their uh, Aussie-made dehumidifiers. Uh, and I think so many people have given me so much feedback about how much of a game changer getting a couple of dehumidifiers has been to their indoor home environment. And if you want that 10% off, it's always a big chunk of cash when you're dealing with appliances that cost several hundred dollars. Uh, so you need to use the code LOWTOXLIFE and you can head to ozclimate.com.au. And then, of course, our uh, second sponsor this month is BioFirst. They're back. This one's for the Aussies and the Americans. Yay. Uh, and it is to share the news of a new launched product, Ultra Sensitive Skin Rescue Lotion. And it's basically been formulated out of feedback for their community of customers needing something really, really special and supportive for the most sensitive of humans uh, when it comes to the skin and all things eczema, rosacea, and people prone to reactions and allergies. And so they went about creating something that helped restore the natural barrier function of the skin and ensuring healthy skin microflora and hydration. Uh, and a lot of products out there actually disturb the skin microflora. So this is all about protecting it, which then uh, ensures a greater chance at developing more robust skin. So if you are prone to any of those skin sensitivities, this is absolutely one to give a go. The Ultra Sensitive Skin Rescue Lotion is either 25% off for you with the code LTL25 if you buy one or 40% off if you stock up on two or more with the code LTL40. So head to the BioFirst website or to our show notes at lowtoxlife.com forward slash podcast uh, and you'll see all the links to uh, make the most of this offer as well as a link to some of the reviews. And actually there was an amazing review that I saw on their website uh, when it came to eczema, but also a little bonus benefit around ringworm rash, um, which uh, those of you who've got dogs know that we can get that from them and it can cause a bit of a, an icky, itchy rash. Uh, and Jasmine actually found that in applying it, that was gone within two applications and about 36 hours. So that's pretty cool. But she also talked about how on the dry, unbroken skin uh, where there were eczema patches on her little one, uh, on the back, on the torso, that they had a huge success in using the lotion. And she actually has before and after photos there just to show you how uh, beneficial the product was. So that's really cool to see. And she also talked about how there were no sensitivity issues, no reaction at all, uh, which can be a real concern when you're dealing with these. I've spoken to so many people in the Lotox community over the years who have those uh, skin issues. And half the time, some of the things you're sold to make them better uh, you react to. So give it a go. 25% off for one or 40% off for two or more. The codes I've given you, if you want the details written down and to be able to click through, head to the show notes. Now let us tuck into this uh, exciting exploration of being our true selves with Dr. Dane here. Hello, Dane. How are you doing? Oh, Alex, I'm awesome. How about you? I'm really well, uh, and I'm very much looking forward to this conversation. 
Uh, I'm also looking forward to asking you about access bars because I had a, a treat of a session in Sydney so recently. Good. Oh my That's goodness. Great. Oh, mm. so good. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later because uh, I, I want to see the the thinking behind it, how it how it came about. Um, and yes, how or the not thinking behind oh. it, as the case may be. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The freedom from having to think that is behind it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am getting a sense that that is very much how you operate in the world. When I was doing my research on you, I saw that things began in terms of your desire to support other people in their journey of life through chiropractic. And I find it really interesting how many of our um, most progressive spiritual mind-body thinkers of today started in chiropractic. And I think it's got a lot to do with the miracle of the nervous system that you guys learn about in that degree at uni and or college. And then um and then it's just like, okay, it's not enough. It's not enough. It's not, I can't just crack a spine and then miracles happen necessarily. There is more energy to this being that I need to tap into to really create a shift. And I'm curious to see whether that was the case for you and that's why you've broadened your scope in how you, you serve. I would say so. In for me, and I think probably for a lot of other healers out there, um, I think it's like we have an awareness there's something else possible. And here's an acceptable venue for exploring it. And it's, I mean, I was so excited to go to chiropractic school. I was like, I mean, for me, it was the bee's knees, you know, it was like, I was just like, I was so thrilled and, and, you know, and I was in school and chiropractic school is a school and, um, surprise. And, you know, with, with any structured environment, there are certain points of view that you have to deal with or deal around, you know, work around. And, and what I realized as I was going through it, I was like, there's so much more. I became a chiropractor because I knew some people that were chiropractors who were miraculous and what they could help people change. Oh, totally. My chiropractor is literally one of my favorite humans. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I really hope he never retires. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, you can retire in another hundred years when I'm done with you, you know, yeah. but, but yeah. that was exactly what I had also. And, and I saw people who were doing these things that were truly miraculous. And I'm like, that's what I wanted to do. And so I studied, you know, I did well in school I graduated and then I tried to institute what I saw these other people having. And I felt like I was the only incapable person on the planet. You know, I felt like I was the redheaded stepchild of this whole reality. And um, why, why do you think you felt that? Well, it just, was it a story you were telling yourself or so many stories, none of them good, you know? And, um, this one does have a very happy, um, not ending, but a continuation though. But, uh, you know, if you're going down the road of something, see, I, it's one of the ideas of access consciousness is that what's true for you will always make you lighter. A lie for you always makes you heavier. And what I see most people doing and what I was doing at this time, and this was 23 years ago now, is 
I was living a life that had very little to do with me. And that included my chiropractic practice. Now, that's nothing about chiropractic. There were just other things, apparently, that the universe had in store. And chiropractic was a major stepping stone for me to open that door. And so, and this is one of the things I'd like to present as an awareness to people also is at that place where I was before I came across access consciousness, and it quite literally saved my life, the bars you were talking about. And at that point, all I had was a sense of wrongness because I wasn't able to create what I saw all these other people creating, wasn't able to create a sense of happiness. I wasn't able to create a sense of fulfillment. And the thing I was left with was I must be wrong. I never considered in a million years, this isn't the thing I should be doing that's actually going to fulfill me. <laughs> that wow. thought never entered my head. I feel like we need to stop there and just give some weight to that realization because I must be doing something wrong is the thing we so often default to instead of what you then went on to realize was there's something that doesn't fit here for me. There's something about this that's wrong. I'm not wrong. And that is so crucial. It's like we teach our kids, you're not a bad person. You made a bad choice. And it's about this distancing from um, wrong, bad, you know, all all the stuff that we then go on to tell ourselves stories about that gets stuck inside us for sometimes years, if not decades, if not lifetimes, tragically. Yes, that. And, and, you know, I I had no reference point for not being wrong. You know, I grew up and I was different growing up. I, (laughs) in so many ways and, and. Okay. Okay. But, but how, how were you different? Oh, well, let's just say for the first, what, till about eight years old, I grew up in the ghetto of Los Angeles where I was the only white face you saw for about eight square miles. So I was a different color. Now, here's the funny part is none of us noticed I was a different color until I was about seven. And, you know, because these were just my friends. I was their friend. They were my friends, you know, and you have people you like and people you don't like so much. It wasn't until um, the kids started um, buying the judgments of their parents and their older brothers and sisters that I became a target because of my different skin color. And so there was that, there was the fact that I used to, twi- I, I always had so much energy going through my body that I used to twitch and I would, you know, I would do this with my nose and I would twitch my shoulder and, you know, I look like a, a little Tourette's kid, you know? And so here I am not only white, but with body twitches and all this sort of stuff. And, um, and in the house I was living in, I was, I was the scapegoat for pretty much everything. And they were, you know, if, if you've ever been to, or lived in the ghetto, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of making others wrong. And there's a lot of making wrong anybody who's different. Well, I fit all of the, I fit all of the bills and uh, I would go to my grandmother's house every other weekend, you know, on my father's visitation time, because he had very little desire to see me. He was off living his life. So I'd go with my grandmother and she drove a nice car and she had money. And so I would also get abused for having money, except, you know, I'm like six years old. I don't got no money, but I was abused as though I was, I was rich and therefore bad and wrong 
even though here I'm living in the ghetto with everybody. So these are just these are just some of the things. And then if you add on top of that, the ADD, ADHD, the OCD, the autistic tendencies and capacities, it's like I always look through a different lens. And and what I what I receive back from others, if I would if I would make the mistake sometimes of of telling most people what was true for me, they would look at me like, or the awareness I just had about something, they would look at me like I had just grown three heads and a tail. Like, no, that can't exist. I'm like, but I just, I just saw it. Like, I just, I felt it. Didn't you feel that? Didn't you? And they'd be like, you're crazy. And the other thing is, um, and I want to point this out because a lot of the, a lot of the sensitive individuals in the world uh, have this where they're so aware of other people's pain and suffering and they just wish somebody would get them and not make them wrong for it. And this, so, and then also they, they tend to try to take on that pain and suffering as a way of changing it. Number one, it's very uncomfortable um, to perceive that level of intense emotion that people are going through. But also number two, the idea is if I can just take on enough, then I can make them happy. And this does not work. And it got me to a place where I truly was going to end my life 23 years ago. I planned a date for it. Here I was starting my second chiropractic practice in Paradise, Santa Barbara, California. And I was dying inside. And I had I tried every technique I could. I was one of those weekend warrior, weekend workshop warriors, you know. And uh, I was reading every book I could and doing every seminar. And I would get to the end of the seminar on Sunday night and go, yay, I finally found the answer. And by Wednesday of the following week, it was like the universe caved in on my head. And I was in this just depth of wrongness and self-loathing and self-judgment again. And finally, one day, it was literally a Wednesday <laughs> after a workshop, I had had enough. And I'm like, universe, either my life truly changes or I'm out of here. I just want to make the world a better place and nothing is coming back to me. So here's the deal. I don't, nobody nobody is going to make me live through this unless things change. Hmm. And I'm really sorry you had to go through that. Um, it makes me sad how in this world we have, we have this culture of externalization of answers, right? Oof, well put. Yes. Um, that you felt you had to, and look, I mean, I'm a big fan of an inspiring talk and, and going to see someone speak, um, you know, part of that fills my cup up. So I'm absolutely not, um, judging it as an activity. However, the, um, cyclical nature of what you were doing, what so many of us have done in periods or searching, 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 and we keep assuming the answer is out there and the answer is in here and getting to know ourselves better. Um, you mentioned ADHD. I, I was diagnosed literally two months ago at the time of this recording um, and the psychiatrist, the two psychologists who did the cognitive testing, um, it, it, you know, the whole process Everyone is like, how did you slip through the cracks for 47 years? 
to ex- explain to me how you did that. You're like that chick with the, you know, going through the lasers in the um, yeah. <laughs> Escape from Alcaraz movie where, you know, right. you just, yeah, that was me with uh, with ADHD. And uh, I feel like that lack of um, uh, acceptance, awareness of my neurodivergence uh the lack of giving it space to grow and be celebrated like you said you know you keep sharing your reality and then you get put down for it so you get used to making yourself and your voice small um you know I think once you actually start to accept and own and go oh about yourself I don't see that as a sentence or a label or a diagnosis. I see it as a way to actually just get to know myself better and get on with the business of, of you know, I, I'm hesitant to use all the, the jargon that's going around these days, like what's your ADHD superpower and all that kind of stuff. It's not, I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, but to just say, you know what, there are some real strengths about my character and my ideas and my ability to flow and tangent with guests wherever they want to go on a podcast and all of those things um, that for decades people tried to make that a problem Uh, and therefore I externalized ways to try and find out how to be more like those people when I could have spent this whole time on the business of being me. And that that's really why I like your your work and your approach from what I've seen so far, because you're actually encouraging the damn shortcut and getting people to do that sooner because of your painful journey in uh, how long that took for you. And I think that's that's something to celebrate. I let me tell you, I celebrate every single day. I truly do. I have such a gratitude. I mean, I in going from that place of such despair. And and I got to say also what's interesting is I experienced a lot of abuse growing up. I experienced a lot of invalidation of my being. I lived with mean people most of my life until I moved out and went to college. And, um, <clears throat> and I never gave up hope until that point where I was 30 years old. And on that Wednesday, <laughs> hump day, perfect day. Going to give up hope. It might as well be on a Wednesday. And um, it literally was the first time in my life where I'd truly given up hope. But isn't it interesting that that was actually the beginning of true hope and true possibilities? And as you're talking about the externalization that we learn, it's it is so dynamic. And one of the elements of of ADHD and <clears throat> different capacities that we have is that we're so aware we can pick up on the thoughts, feelings, and emotions of other people all the time. And nobody tells us this. And so we actually have a tool in access, which is to ask, who does this belong to? To every thought, feeling, and emotion you have. And if you'll do it for three days, and and the way it works is if, let's say you're in the middle of sadness or in the middle of self-judgment, in the middle of anger, whatever it is, and you just go take a moment, get present and go, who does this belong to? Is it actually mine? And what happens is if it's not yours, the anger, the self-judgment, the fear, uh, the sadness will lighten up a bit. And if it does, that's an indication that you're just picking it up from someone. And then what you want to do is go, okay, I'm returning this to sender with consciousness attached. 
And what occurs is if you'll do that for three days, at the end of three days, you can walk around like you're in a walking, talking meditation. You can be in any city in the world, walk through the city with no thoughts in your head. You know, and and a lot of us have, have found that the more we're around more people, the more thoughts we have in our head. Well, yeah, why is that? Because people are people, you know, they, they, they think their thoughts and their judgments are the gift they give the world. So they broadcast them at full volume energetically. And we can dissipate this. It's just one of the many perspectives and one of the many tools we have available that allow you to get more present as you in your life and have that sense of lightness from being you. And, and, you know, I wrote a book called being you changing the world as I know, you know, and it's like, what is being you? Well, it's when you like the person looking back at you in the mirror. It's where you have a sense of space where you also have a sense that you're not wrong and neither is anybody else. And whatever's going on that you want to change, you know that you can do it given enough time and enough willingness. And and that then speaks to externalization tendencies as well, in that we think we need to do lots of change things sometimes. Uh, you know, oh, I've got to, yeah, that yeah, that's a really good idea to to become more X or Y. And um and so I want to ask you then, how do we know whether that change is something we genuinely want for ourselves versus a change we think we should make? to fit in or to be more whatever for someone else? That's a great question. And sometimes you, so sometimes you don't get the awareness of it until you're a few steps into the journey of creating it. But if we go back to that idea of what's true for you will always make you lighter. That's the place to start. So, and, and one of the other interesting things that I try to get people to be aware of, and most people most people, they sort of get it, but they don't really want to get it. But we're aware of what a particular choice will create. If you think about choosing something like, oh, I'm going to move to the other side of the country, or I'm going to start this relationship, or I'm going to go out on this date, just get a sense of it. Does your world get lighter? Does it get more space, more joy? Or does it get contracted? Do you go into more judgment? Do you feel weird? Do you feel worse? Do you? And we have our own internal litmus test. It's just we haven't been taught to use it. So that can be the beginning of does this choice actually, is this choice a choice I would actually like to make? Because if you're doing it from somebody else's point of view or uh, somebody else's requirement or somebody else's projection of what you need to do, because there's a lot of that going on. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, like what you've it been does... single forever. You need to go out oh. and date, like that kind of oh. stuff. Isn't oh, that you, you guys haven't had a baby yet. Come on, get on with it. Right, like, exactly. Yeah. My mom actually did that to me. She called me, this is 15 years ago now. She called me and and she called me and my mom and I talk maybe once every few months. We just, there's not the need there. You know, we know we love each other and, and we'll talk. Um, and she called me once a week for several weeks. And the question that always we always got around to was, are you dating someone special? Any chance of me getting a grandchild? 
And um, <laughs> about the fourth call, I said, mom, you know, I love you, right? She said, yes. I said, here's the deal. If you ever call and ask me that question again, I'm never going to talk to you again. And she went, what? I said, listen, you're, you're trying to get me to go down a path. I have no desire to go down. I said, I'm sorry, this lifetime for me, not about babies and marriage and all that sort of stuff. I said, I was engaged once you knew it. I was dying. I said, and I'm one of the few happy members of our family and I'm doing what I want, which is changing the world. If I happen to meet somebody um, and happen to choose to go down the marriage route or whatever, fine. I said, but please don't expect any kids and don't judge me for not having them. And my mom is wonderful. My mom, my mom has a big set of cojones. You know, she's willing to hear something like that and then mull it over for which I am so grateful. And <clears throat> she called me a few days later and she went, I am so sorry. I said, about what? I had totally forgotten the conversation. She said, you know, the thing about wanting you to have kids and all that. She said, none of that was mine because my mom also uses access tools. So she was looking at like, oh my goodness, what's going on? And um, she said, none of that was mine. All of my sisters keep asking me when you're going to have a baby. Well, why? Because for them, that's the validation of being an appropriate person. If you aren't married and have a kid, then you really are missing something, you know? And, you know, to your point about the externalization that we spoke about before, this is, that is just one of thousands of elements of, of the inherent sense of what we are supposed to do and be, to be, and we don't even know to be what. You know, we could put words to it to be a good person, to not be a bad person, to be like other people, but it's really to be a member of reality as other people see it. And so, and, and this is where, you know, when you talk about getting diagnosed with ADHD and for me, the thing, um, when you said, you know, what's your ADHD superpower for me, I just want to acknowledge that it is a superpower mm. and not try to define what is the superpower. Yeah, but exactly. You know, just and and especially as a way of taking it out of once again the reality that people try to put it into of oh, now you've got a diagnosis. Now we know what your problem is. Like, sorry, <laughs> it's not my problem. It's my superpower. Shut up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because somebody with ADHD has the ability to hold multiple realities in their awareness simultaneously. I mean, every creative on the planet has some element of that. And, and, you know, it's, it's, if we can get beyond the diagnosis to, and then also, also allow ourselves to have the space as you were speaking about also of, of getting to what's actually true for us and having that be okay and celebrating it. Yeah, that's it. Instead of, oh, if only you could just sit down and focus as the kids are told, mm -hmm. or if only you could just, it's like, well, but what can I do and how can we work with that to empower me to be the best human I can be for you and everybody else here, because it's going to make the whole world better. Absolutely. And what's the, what's the amazing capacity there? How can, how can you do things greater than others as a result of this? You know, we tend to, you know, we tend to, what, what most people want is, you know, why can't you be more normal? Why can't you fit in a box that makes me comfortable with my box? How rude of you to be so different that my box 
does not seem to apply. So I don't know what box to put you in. You know, it's like, yep, sorry. But if we all had that freedom, <clears throat> because ADHD is one of so many things that any of us could have or be. And yet this world we live in says that we should homogenize ourselves. But that's not a kindness to our being at all. It's cutting off your arms and legs to fit into the box of somebody else's reality. Yeah. And it, it kind of, for me, also speaks to the real shame in like the potential of humans simply from being humans and being given empathy and like just all of the crazy stuff that we got given that other animals would only dream to be able to evolve into and to waste it on all trying to be the same. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. That's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. And, you know, I, I have the point of view that I would much rather be around animals than most people, you know, because animals are just themselves. They never judge, you know, and we live in a world that values judgment over awareness, judgment over kindness, judgment over gratitude, judgment over generosity, figuring out what's right and wrong as though that's going to get us somewhere, but it only gets us into more judgment. It's only when you go beyond that construct which is why in access consciousness we have a definition of consciousness which is where everything exists and nothing is judged wow that's a the great challenge of uh of spiritual evolution isn't it Whew. Mm. well that don't get me started on spiritual evolution because <laughs> <laughs> okay I, okay i don't want you to go down that rabbit hole just yet because we've mentioned access a few times And I really, I I would say by now, even though I introduced you and the concepts uh, in the intro, I would say by now there's probably a few people who are like, okay, can we unpack what this thing is again? Uh, (laughs) I forget. And, and I would love to hear from you. And maybe, maybe it means going back to that Wednesday, um, what happened and, and how did you then come to realize that there was a path forward, that you did feel a sense of purpose, that it was something you wanted to wake up for on the Thursday? Um, I mean, that's huge. Yeah, uh, truly. And it was truly transformative for me. So I made this demand literally on a Wednesday. The, um, the local paper in Santa Barbara comes out on Thursday, once a week. And I was leafing through it the next day with no particular point of view in mind. And I came across this ad that said, access, all of life comes to me with ease and joy and glory. Call Shannon. And I was so angry. I was like, you don't know what my life is like. My life is pain, suffering, and gory. And I threw the paper in the trash can. And of course, it comes out once a week. So I grabbed the paper the following Thursday, read, and the only thing my eyes focused on in this 100-page paper was that two lines of this little classified ad, which was bizarre because I never even read classified ads. So anyway, I'm like, okay, universe, I got it. Because I'd learned long before that if you love something or hate it, there's something there for you. And so I called her and I was like, what do you do? And she said, oh, we do all kinds of stuff, but probably a good place to start would be with this thing called the bars. I'm like, okay, what's that? And you got to realize I live in California. So weird and woo woo. (laughs) There's some weird and wacky stuff happening. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like the home of the home of that in the United States, at least. It's like, you know, Byron Bay of the US. And um, maybe. 
Um, and so anyway, I had her come over and I asked, what, what is the effect? She said, well, at the worst, you'll feel like you had a good massage at the best, your whole life can change. And in the back of my head, <laughs> That's I was some like, pretty good odds. <laughs> I know. Right. I'm like, well, what do I have to lose? My whole life better change or I'm killing myself. So let's go for it. You know? And, um, so I had her come over and I didn't have the money to pay for it. So we were trading chiropractic for access. She comes to my chiropractic office. She puts her hands on my head. I'm lying on my own table. She puts her hands on my head and I feel this sense of peace start to envelop my body. And I'm like, oh, this feels great. Okay, cool. It was one of the first times I'd been relaxed in the last probably three years. And um, after about 15 minutes, I started giggling like a little kid. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I giggled for the next hour. Wow. And she went, yeah, I mean, I did every she moved her hands to all these different places. And I had no idea what was going on. I had no idea what she was doing. You know, I just knew it felt really good. And I didn't want her to stop. And so she says, okay, we're done. And I looked around my office that previously I had hated because I don't, you know, anybody who's ever gone to that dark place, you tend to hate anything connected to you that you have created anything in your life. And I looked around my office that I hated. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And I looked outside at the clouds and I was like, has it always been this beautiful here? If it can feel this way to be alive, I am in. And I never went to that deep, dark hole again. And that's not to say I didn't have downs, you know, I had ups and downs, but the ups over time. So I started doing this stuff every week. I started trading with her. And every time I traded, my sense of space increased. Like it was as though somebody like filled up my, you know, like, like filled up my sense of personal space. And I had some finally. And then each time we would do a session, it would seem like it would grow and it would stay there. And the other thing, though, that was vital was she would give me a tool to use each week. And it was different. Like the who does this belong to tool I gave you. That was actually the first one that she gave me. And because she recognized I was highly aware of other people's stuff and thinking it was mine. And so she said, hey, ask who does this belong to? Um and if you do it for three days, you'll break the machine that makes you think that everything you're aware of is yours and you'll start to get free of it. And I went, okay, so I did it. But what happened was when the universe wanted to cave in on my head, I would use whatever tool she had given me and the space would go from contraction, starting to contract to whoop, space again. And I was like, I mean, I was excited after the first bar session, but after about the third week, as I started having three tools to use, and, you know, in different situations. And I mean, I was, I was bulletproof. I was like, because all I wanted, the reason I wanted out of here was because I was tired of being unhappy. I just, I just wanted to be happy. That's all I wanted. And I wanted to know that I was being a contribution to people because that's why I became a chiropractor in the first place. And I started having the sense of that being available. And then, so I started doing some of the access classes and what I got in the class is two things. The class itself seemed to do a similar thing to what the bars did. It, it opened spaces that were available to me that I never saw before, never realized could exist. And that's a bit of a tough thing to describe. And, and if you ask anybody who's done access for any length of time, you'll say, hey, 
what do you get out of access? What's changed? And they'll go, uh, everything. <laughs> like the way you interact with, with your computer, the way you interact with your friends, the way you interact with your job, the way you interact with money, your bank account, your body, it changes because we're undoing the veils of judgment really. And the, and the, the fixed points of view that we have around everything, because that's what sticks us. And so after, I don't know, after a couple months of doing this, I was like a different person and I liked that person. You know, I was kinder to others. I was able to be gentler and kinder to myself. I was more generous with other people, which is something I always loved, but I felt like I didn't have the bandwidth to be before experiencing this. And then well, you were in of- you're in that fight or flight kind of in perpetuity, right? And when you are that's quite a self-centered space to be survival because mm-hmm. you, know, you literally are just getting through the day. Um and when we relax and when we go into parasympathetic, the world grows. It literally grows. It's exactly as you described. Um yeah, powerful. And so I just want to say for people who have never heard of having an access bars treatment, uh, I had the great pleasure of having one towards the end of last year. I was very curious. I went along. Uh, I, I, I quite like Reiki and I'd been told it was similar, uh, but slightly more um, uh, mystical. And I was like, how could it be more mystical than Reiki? And so <laughs> I went and it was this wonderful Japanese practitioner she was the most gentle, beautiful person. You thought, oh, if I'm in your care, um, only good things can happen. She had that kind of aura about her. And um, for those of you who are just listening and not watching us, the the hands get placed in strategic places and they just be there for, it, I think it's a few minutes. I can't, I'm not even conscious of the time going by. And then they move to different areas. And depending on what your needs are, where you're at, uh, the kind of network that is chosen for that session in terms of those points um, uh, changes. And uh, and there's also progression, right? So uh, depending on how many sessions you have and 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 moving moving down um, through it. and and so you obviously just came across it. Where does it all come from? A great question. A man by the name of Gary Douglas um, got the information about the bars 35, 36 years ago. And, uh, and it was actually channeled. And, um, you know, once again, California, I was just about to say, Oh, that is so California. (laughs) So So it's interesting. Also on that level, because, you know, having just said that, you know, your audience, I'm sure is like, oh, okay, cool. A little weird, but okay, cool. You know, having just said that, it's like it it weeds out a lot of people who have so much judgment that they wouldn't receive it anyway, which is really wonderful. And the thing is, um, Gary was on a spiritual search and this, the idea of channeling was something that fell into his lap. And, and this guy said, hey, will you do a channeling for my massage therapist? And Gary was like, uh, what's that? Do I have to take my clothes off? Do I have to touch your body? And do I get paid? You know, and the guy's like, no, you say, just sit there and channel like you normally do. But I think there'll be some cool information to come out. Well, this was the information that came out. Wow. And um, 
<clears throat> yeah. So there was not a thing called access consciousness back when Gary started and um, he got the information that it needed to be taught. So he got it. Like I see these pictures of, you know, where Google started, where Microsoft started, where Amazon started, they were all in garages. Well, that's where access started also in a yeah. garage <laughs> and with five people in a class. All the best ideas. Uh, right exactly and you know he had five people who were all his friends and um <clears throat> that's where it started when i came along we had something like 20 facilitators we were in three countries we now have over 10,000 facilitators and we're in 176 countries and the so in in the way this has grown and if you look at it what we had as the tools at the time were basically bars and the beginning of the idea that in order to change things, we need to ask questions rather than come to conclusion. And that's where I started, you know, 23 years ago. And um, now, I mean, we have, because we're in a constant exploration for how do we create more consciousness more quickly for people, for the planet? And also though, how do we change the things in people's lives that don't allow them to truly enjoy being alive? And to know and to create what they desire, to know what they desire first, but also to create what they desire. And so it's been this ongoing exploration with me for the last 23 years, with him for the last 36, and also with all the people that come to access, because you know something, okay? We all, there's something we each know. And when you ask a question and expose that possibility, you contribute that to everybody. And access is one of the only things I've ever done where the contribution of the participants is a dynamic part of where we go and what moves us forward. And I credit that to Gary having the sense of, hey, we've all got value. Let's acknowledge the value of all of us. Let's all contribute to each other in becoming greater, whatever it looks like and whatever it takes. Well, I mean, as a teacher and trainer for decades now across a couple of different industries, I can tell you that the most powerful training sessions are the 360s where everybody is teaching and learning at the same time, always. And that's they're the sessions that people get the most out of, that the information goes the deepest for people to be able to apply it. So I am I fully agree. Hmm. Yeah, this is yeah, wow. Each... Okay. We each have gifts within us and, and our awareness is a gift, our, our different perspective is a gift. And once again, you know, to our previous conversation, we've been taught to judge it if it's not normal or if it's not part of the appropriate box for that particular group. But what if that awareness is exactly what that group requires to move in a different direction that's greater for everybody? And most of us have been so invalidated for our different awarenesses that we're afraid to even bring them up, let alone maybe contribute that to somebody else and, and recognize that our awareness is actually a contribution. Beautiful. So in a, in a session, you say, you just said that you, you really like tapping into people asking questions live and then letting that inform where the, the, the session is going in part. Um, what would you ask me now if we were in one of your sessions 
and I was an audience member and you you were going around, like, what would you ask me? Well, that depends on so many factors. Okay. In other words, are we, you know, because each, so none of this occurs in a vacuum. In other words, from the, from the title of the class, I mean, we do classes on everything from money to relationship to healing the issues of abuse to one I've got coming up called monsters of miracles to, you know, like, so there is, and the thing is consciousness includes everything. So no matter what area, if you function from the, the basic tenets, if you will, of consciousness, which is ask questions, don't come to conclusion, um, and, and, and undo, help somebody to undo their judgments in a particular area, well, then the information just presents itself. But it's also based on what do you want to work on? So my question would be, so if, if you, my first question to you would be, uh, what's up, what would you like to change or what would you like to work on? Or what are you willing to work on? Because Ooh, there's what also are you willing to work on. So yeah. Mm-hmm. See, if you and I were one-on-one and this wasn't being recorded that, <laughs> you know, that might open up other possibilities and, but that's, but that's not inappropriate. You know what I mean? Which is why I say, what are you willing to work on first? Because, because you know, the things that will contribute to your audience and you know, the things that would be personal and wouldn't necessarily contribute to them in the same way. So, so there's this, and this is what it's all about is there's this place where there's this beauty where things come together rather than rather than trying to create a static reality and function from a static reality, which is also held in place by the rightness of that reality and the wrongness of something else. Well, here we are, we have a chance where there's, it's a malleable reality that if we're present for it, we can use the malleability to create miracles or what people call miracles. So if you want to, what would you like? But here's the other thing about this particular thing is everything I do and everything access is about is actually following the energy, following an energy that's actually there. So if we are going to work on something, which I'm happy to do if you want to, or I can just throw out a couple of questions so you can get a sense of it. But um, if we are going to do it, it's got to be something that's actually valid for you that you would actually like to change. Otherwise, there's no energy there to work with. Oh, no, don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> I got material. I definitely got material. So this this is definitely, and, and it's one that many people listening uh, who've followed my uh, mold, uh, it can only be called a mold saga, um, uh, ha- who have then come out and since said, oh, my gosh, you know, your story saved my life. I had no idea there was a connection between mold and health. Um, but I do find the story creeping up for me constantly is the doubt, like, will I ever really get better? Will I ever be fully physically resilient again? Um, and uh, because I get knocked down really easily, go all it takes is a moldy air conditioning system at a friend's house that I'm at for dinner for a couple of hours, 
And then it's like, oh, crap, the twitching, the tremors, the the nervous system just goes crazy. And uh, and so does the heart and uh, so does the mitochondria. It's like it's like full body shutdown. It's awful. And um, and while I have huge long periods of feeling fantastic now, it just takes this little thing for me to then throw myself back into that dark space of will I ever. Uh, and that is absolutely something I'm very curious to work on, change, uh, and um, and and do the work. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, couple of things. Um, well, do we want to? I guess the question, first question, would be: um, given that we're doing an interview, uh, it, do you want to? go down this road right now because in order to actually get through it we're gonna have to go through a few things um and i'm not sure what those things are i just and i and also i you know i of course i think this should be stated up front um i can't heal or change anything for anybody but what it can do is help you open the door to your awareness and your connection to your body as a way of, as a way of changing it. So that's the whole point for me. Absolutely. Recognizing that this is not an external quest where the answer is going to be out there. There, there are people, tools, and things that actually help you access that for yourself. That. Mm. And so yeah. uh, I'm happy to go there if you want to. Uh, and I just need to introduce one other thing, which is called the clearing statement, which is a way it's something I use every day. I use it with every session in every class, and it's a way of changing the energetic basis of the reality you're functioning from by going back to the point of creation of where you took a fixed point of view energetically even if it wasn't cognitively or a fixed point of view that your body's locked into so um yeah so we could if you want i'm happy to do it or not we could do a little <laughs> and move on yeah i, I think it'd, i think it'd be cool to do a little bit and move on like go back to the fixed point would be interesting because then it gives people a sense of what doing the work you're speaking about actually looks like for the things that are blocking people listening right now in their own lives. Well, except you presented one of the most challenging, <laughs> in other words, almost dealing with somebody who has cancer would almost be easier. Mm -hmm. um, That's how mold the... feels sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But with cancer, you have an identification and an energetic identification mold energetically is just like mold it's kind of like everywhere but you don't know what the hell's going on you know what i mean so um if you want to let's do a little bit let's see how we go okay 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 so um first how long ago did you have it when did it start it started in 2016 okay did uh, uh... Okay, let's do this first. Okay, I'm going to use the clearing statement. And if anybody wants to learn about it, it sounds like gobbledygook, but each word means something. And it's been used countless millions of times over the planet. So it is actually, it has an energy to it. 
Um, but you can go to theclearingstatement.com if you want to use this in your life. There's a 20 minute video with me and my friend, Simone Millicis explaining it. So um, theclearingstatement.com. Okay. Um, free resource. Okay. So, um, this is interesting because, uh, one of the things is when, when someone is present with something, it like somebody will ask a question and energetically, cause all I have to do, the only thing I have to go on is the energy. Okay. You know, this is our first meeting and, but the only thing we can ever really access is the energy. So the first thing is even when you're bringing it up, it's got this sense of like, um, not even being able to tap into it. Does that make sense to you? Okay. Now the reason I'm bringing that up is because I'll say something like that. And a lot of times the person will go, Oh, that makes total sense. That's the energy I have around it. Okay. So let's do this. So everything. Um, so, so it started in 2016 Okay, so I'm going to say you got the symptoms in 2016. When did it actually start? If you're if you're going totally insane mind, see our insane mind is where all the answers to what limits us live. There, what yeah. were you just looking at? I was okay. actually looking at how I used to get sick the first week every time I went to Mauritius, where my mom's from, on holidays growing up. It's right. Like, and it's notoriously musty and moldy. Um, okay. It's a tropical island, so um, super humid. There you go. Um, okay, so yeah. So sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. I um, but I when we're on the energy, it's like I want to get it because if we go off of it, then it's not nearly as easy to get quote unquote back to it. Okay. Um, so I apologize for interrupting. No, no, That's not I'm in your target. hands. All good. So at what age did you go there? At what age did you go there the first time, I guess I would ask? Uh, well, when I was three weeks old. <laughs> that would have been the first time I okay. went. But my mom's from there. So we've visited family right. there um, every couple of years since I was a little kid. Okay. So, and so let's, so this is interesting because, and that's part of the, you know, I said the energetics of it was kind of like this, like mold itself. It's kind of like, it's not there and pre it's not there and present. It's more like, yes. And, um, and that the, sorry, I'm trying to explain this to get, give you a bit of the sense of what I'm looking at. So when you said it started in 2016, there was definitely, it was like, oh no, those were the symptoms. So mm. number one, good on you for putting it off for 40 plus years. <laughs> okay. Um, number There's two, me with so, the laser in Alcatraz again, just like moving yeah, through Yeah, totally. It. Yeah. Right? Girl. Yeah. You're like, yeah. yeah, you're like Catherine Zeta-Jones <laughs> in whatever that movie was, right? <laughs> you should make a video of that. Just, I'm just saying, just for fun, you know, for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> challenge like, potentially accepted i'm just gonna potentially. say potentially yeah mm -hmm. um okay so let's do this so everything that occurred when it's i want to say there's something that occurred when you first went there and you know and we never well sorry okay 
the ADHD again. So there's something that apparently occurred for your body when you first went there, but based on points of view that were not necessarily yours. Okay. So a three week old baby will, you're like a sponge. I mean, truly, if we look at it, you know how I said 98% of our thoughts, feelings, and emotions don't belong to us. Well, when we're little kids, we have even fewer barriers. And so the we're so aware of everybody's point of view. And I have not once ever worked with somebody who had a physical issue that didn't have a point of view behind it ever. Okay. People think, oh, this happened to my body. I'm like, yeah, but if you, if you didn't have some point of view or by some point of view, it wouldn't have had to show up that way. Okay. So everything that you were aware of at three and then years, weeks, months, trips later, there's, there's a sense of three weeks, sorry, three weeks. Um, and everything you were aware of and every, okay. And then here's the other thing we alluded to this before, but is there, was there either at some point from three weeks, you know, your first trip to Mauritius to 2016, is there, or was there somebody that you've been trying to heal or several somebodies? <laughs> uh, trying to heal. Yeah, I would say as a person, I feel like I've always found it my job somehow or some way to take care of other people's problems. My nickname at school was Dr. Alex. Right. I, I don't have any qualifications as a doctor at all, let alone at 16 or now. Um, right. And the other thing that came up as as you you asked those first couple of questions was that mold was actually a positive association for me in the earlier part of my life because it reminded me of Mauritius. The smell of a musty book was like, oh, that's like my grandma's house. And it was a happy thing. And I would literally put my nose in it to smell my grandma's house more. Okay. So what I'm going to do is sort of a blanket clearing. Um, and it's based on me tapping into, because as I'm talking, you notice things open up for you and you get a sense of different things and energetics. Well, same thing as you talk for me. And what I'm looking to go for is the things, the things that are there and present that we can change that will make the situation better for you. Okay. So everything that is, everything that brought up, that got brought up as we walked on that journey or part of that journey, will you, and this is where the clearing statement comes in, will you destroy and uncreate it, please? And thank you. Right and wrong, good and bad, pod and pock, all nine shorts, boys, povads, and beyonds. Okay, when I run that, are you noticing anything at all? Uh, to be honest, I was like, what is he saying? Yeah, exactly. That's why I <laughs> is said. Is that wrong? <laughs> Not I'm at like, all. Hold on. All of a sudden, I've got no idea what's going on. Um, okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. Because what it does is when any situation that we're looking at, especially something like mold, especially something that's been ongoing, especially something that's dynamically physical and could sneak up on you at any time, it's like there are lots of, of 
things that we try to access about what it is or what it could be. And so we get this sort of tunnel visiony thing. Mm, and when we you try and went box to, it and define it. Yeah. 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 So we can understand it so we can avoid it. Mm. Which is interesting because it so anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, so when you say, hey, I was actually, I don't know what's going on, that's great. Okay. That's that's actually a space of pulling apart the the concrete wall, basically. Does that mm. make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I need to ask you this question, which I think we know the answer to. So truth, are you a healer? Yes. The answer is hail, yeah. Okay. Um, you could be Southern for a moment. Hail yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay. Hail oh. yeah. Oh, that okay. makes me think of Leslie Jordan who passed away recently. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Leslie Jordan. Who's Leslie Jordan? You know, that sweet, um, short gay actor from the States, bright white hair. Um, he had a tragic accident, but through the whole of the, all the lockdowns and COVID, he became insta famous and he would just sit down, start alive and say, well, shit, y'all watch y'all doing. And <laughs> he was just this sweet comedian. He was on Will and Grace years ago. Super funny. Um, oh, just a delightful great. Southern human. And, right. um, and I adored him. And so you, you just speaking like that made me think of Leslie. Right. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Okay. So, um, okay. So let's do this. So everything that, uh, everything that occurred at three weeks to your body and your nervous system and, um, everything that was actually beneficial. In other words, like you said, I loved mold. Well, so here you are, you go along living your life. What changed in 2013, 14, 15? Mm. Uh, okay. So I started my online community. And it's really interesting that you said 2013 because that was when um, I started building my first course or towards the very end of that year, beginning of 2014, because I um, was literally replying to people one-on-one, -on -one, like helping them switch their shampoo, helping them do the, like all the things because no one knew what the natural options were back then. I was really one of the only people helping people through it and I was starting to get really burnt out and stressed. And yeah, I, I definitely remember that. And I remember running my first e-course and then there were 360 people asking me every day. And I love you guys. Everyone's listening now. So <laughs> it's literally take this the right way, take yeah. <laughs> this absolutely the right way because I was loving every minute of it. Um, but in the back of my mind, I could feel that my system became more and more on alert, on high alert, um, you know, tech issues in an online business. I hate tech. I just want to get up in front of people and help them and hug them and, you know, have a great time together. Um, tech pisses me off as much as I love it because um, it allows me to reach more people to create more change, but the downsides of tech do my head in. It's like the promise 
promise of potential of efficiency and yet quite often the opposite. And I remember just feeling so stressed and pissed off about people not being able to get their login details or, you know, just all these stupid, boring, small things to the ADHD mind, like details, yuck, this is bugger off. I'm trying to change the world. And, um, and, and so those two energies were running, like the excitement of creating work that felt so validating and satisfying, but always feeling like there was a stagnation because of the details. Right. Hmm. Okay. So Ooh, get that big. sense. Yeah. Yeah. So everything that is, and will you destroy and uncreate it, please? Oh, yes. I'd love to. <laughs> Thank you. Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pot, call nine shorts, boys, povads, and beyonds. So it's, so I'm saying everything that is we destroy and uncreate. Destroy is like if you're in a prison cell, we destroy the walls of the cell. Uncreate is the only person who has the ability to keep the walls of the cell around you is you. So we're doing uncreate, which is take your creative energy out of putting those walls or those limitations or those points of view in place and use them to create your friggin' life. Okay. So that's why it's destroy and uncreate. Now, even though I'm saying everything that is part of what I'm doing energetically is sort of doing a catch all as you talk of, because there's lots of things coming up, right? And each one has a little, like there's this plus this plus this plus this. Well, this works really well on this. You can use this clearing statement on just energy, which is so friggin' helpful because we're always trying to define what's limiting us. Wouldn't it be nice if you had a, a twisting in your guts and you just went everything that, well, first, who does that belong to? Yes. Which will start yeah. the process. But then everything that is, I now destroy and uncreate it. Pock and pod, which is the short form, P-O-C-M-P-O-D. Stands for going back to the point of creation of the thoughts, feelings, emotions, immediately preceding your decision to make this thing a reality for you and undoing it. So that's that's basically the the really quick explanation of the clearing statement. It's like, you know, the wall in the room you're in looks solid, but science says it's 99.9999999% space. Well, but what if you could access the space and walk right through it? You know, and what if it's the same thing with the limitations in our lives? They look solid, but somewhere in there, in the undoing of making them solid from our point of view, we have a different sense of space. Okay, so we talked about a couple of things. We did a couple of things. How are you right now? Better, worse, or the same? Um... Lighter, happier, heavier, unhappier, what? No, I feel, I feel the same. I got to say, I'm still the same. Okay. Um, if you think about mold right mm. now, better, worse, or the same. And there's no right answer, by the way. Same. Okay. So now I have another question about the mold, the whole mold thing. You're going to love this one. Mm. Um, and since we're not in person, you can't hit me. So there, <laughs> um, here, here's my question about the whole mold thing. Truth, is it yours? No. No, no, it's not. Right. That. Now, I, I am so grateful 
I'm so grateful for you looking at the energy of it, not mm -hmm. going cognitively. Because I, do you know what I? Okay, sorry, what? you finish your sentence. No, no, because, go ahead. No, so go for it. I feel like it was actually a an intense rationalization of what I was experiencing, searching to put it into a box. Right. And I'm not belittling things in the natural world that can cause, you know, toxic reactions and that's and I'm not judging myself or anyone else for having any of the experiences medically labelable or not. Um, but I am fascinated by now tracing back, having 30-plus symptoms and looking out there everywhere to find the answers. That. Mm. So, um, so there's that awareness of energy. And this is also... Like I said, all I've got to go on is is the energy, and 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 we present a universe of energy whenever we talk to somebody. It's just most most of us have not recognized that or learned to to utilize it. Um, so number so all the awareness that you just had, everything that doesn't allow that to become more of your more of your awareness and um everything you've been avoiding with mold and avoiding being aware of regarding the mold and regarding the actual causes which you're getting more of the awareness of and the actual energy because what you're actually looking at is the energetics behind it okay and when we can see the energetics or when we're willing to be present with we can't really see them um but when we're willing to be present with the energetics of something, then we're dealing with what is because the physical is always created from the energetic. It's not the other way around. And so if we can access the energetics of it, then we got a, a much easier time changing it. Okay. So everything that doesn't allow you to know that you actually are accessing the energetics of it, Everything that doesn't allow you to actually go back and in those moments where you are um, at a friend's house with moldy air conditioning and then the symptoms start. Um, and uh, there's a there's a trigger. The trigger isn't necessarily just physical. Usually it's a point of view that we don't realize we're having and we can sort of track back and go, oh. I was having this when that happened. Or the other thing is um, how much are you or have you been trying to heal everybody in your community? And how much have you been so desiring them to be healed that you would willingly take on whatever they have going on to mm. try to heal it and change it? Less now, uh, but notoriously more so in the past yeah so everything that is and everywhere you have the point of view like i had also that you can take things on from people and they'll change them that only works temporarily the only thing that truly works is empowering them with a different choice because once they make a different choice they will change it on their own and if we take it away, they don't have the impetus to make the different choice and they will just recreate it. 
So everything that is times a godzillion, will you destroy and create it, please? Yeah. Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys, poveds, and beyonds. So um, I will also make you an offer. If you ever have symptoms come up again, um, feel free to call me. Okay. I and will do that. in a few Thank minutes, you. we should be able, you're welcome. Truly my pleasure. But in a few minutes, we should be able to get to whatever's actually causing it. Okay. And, and the reason I say that is because something like this, especially something you've worked on so much and something that has this much stuff that you have shaved, uh, you know, um, gotten through there for it to come back, it's usually going to be related to a specific point of view or two or three, because our point of view creates our reality. Reality does not create our point of view. So let's also do this. And um, what, how many presumptive realities do you have that, and how many presumptive realities have you bought Presumptive reality is how we presume what is real and then we actualize it because we presumed it. And sometimes there are, sometimes we buy them from other people, but how many presumptive realities do you have regarding the mold? How many presumptive realities do you have where people have said it'll never go away? How many presumptive realities have you bought from alternative practitioners, doctors, people who care about you and people with all of their own points of view that they want to make sure that you take away, will you destroy and uncreate all the presumptive realities that you have regarding the mold and all the people you bought them from, please? Pock and pot, or right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys, povets, and beyonds. And will you now return all that shit to sender with consciousness attached, please? <laughs> yeah. Right, wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys, povets, and beyonds. Okay, how's that in your world? Better, worse, or the same? There's no right answer. Uh, heavy, actually. And I just had an ectopic heartbeat. I don't know what that's about right then. Interesting. Mm. So so let me ask you, what is that? what is that telling you? And when you say heavy, sorry, go ahead, I'll... I was just wondering for more characterization of that. It's telling me there's more. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's actually the word access is coming up that I need to access more of my own consciousness to be free from it. Gotcha. And the reason that came <clears throat> up was because one of the stories um, is around prosperity and freedom, uh, and like always being brought down and feeling trapped, uh, losing our bond or having to break a lease or having to buy new furniture and all the things that come with, um, you know, finding out there's mold somewhere. Uh, yeah, that's actually quite a big, like hidden personal story under that that and so okay so with that awareness so that's actually what i was going to ask which is you were having this awareness i was going to say was mold really the thing you wanted to work on <laughs> okay because <laughs> well, when somebody like yes because 
there's something under it. And because it's yeah, exactly. the thing, you know what I mean? Like you have to yeah. start unpacking your bag somewhere. Well, but here's the thing. Here's the beauty of this is had having had I had the awareness sooner of or see, and I was assuming the energy around it was related to mold because I've worked with people who had uh, mold things before. And it's always an interesting cloud of things rather than a solid thing. Right. And so I didn't. And so had I instead said, hey, is that really what you want to work on? And you being as honest as you are with self, which by the way, again, thank you so much. You know, you would have been able to look at it and go, actually, nah, there's other stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, because, yeah. Which is why I said at the beginning, if if you know, so this is this is a bit of an example of how access works, but it's it's not how it usually works because when somebody's actually addressing a real and not to say this is not real, please do not get me wrong. Um, not at all, okay. But when they're addressing the thing that's up for them in the moment that they truly desire to change, mm. that has a different energetic basis to it. Yes. When they're addressing a thing that has been a thing, but is no longer a thing, but they don't want it to be a thing, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's no thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got and so, it. So all of this is, and 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 it's beautiful because, it, and from my point of view, if we got you to the awareness of, oh, this stuff underneath it, okay, this is what I got to look at. You know what I mean? I don't. I'm my point of view is all's well that ends in more consciousness, you know, more mm -hmm. awareness for somebody. That's and, a good but, saying. Right. Mm. And there's there's a beautiful thing in this because if you now know where to look, at least for whatever's up in, in this moment of time, you know, that's related to this, if you actually now know where to look, that puts you on a totally different footing. And then you find the tools to change it. Mm. I love that. Thank you for letting me be a guinea pig in this moment because I was looking at the questions that I had like prepared after we were finishing up in a section. I'm like, nah, screw that. Let's go <laughs> actually yeah. do something really uh, eye-opening for other people to like, I like being a guinea pig to kind of go, this is kind of what it's like, guys, if you put yourself right. through this. Or this is at least a taster of what it could be, um, because then it brings these conversations and and people's um, people's exploration of their own consciousness into a reality, into a almost a framework where you start to understand what the work could look like if you wanted to go there. Yeah, and that, and I thank you for being willing to go there. And I want to add just a two other things. Um, in addition to the verbal processing, the bars can be really helpful because it de-stresses your body, but it also starts to give you more access to your capacities without them being a limitation. Yeah. And do you know what a really interesting thing about that is? When What's I went that? for my session uh, with um, an access bar session, I get there, there's water damage all down the like entry <laughs> wall. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm not going to be able to do this. Uh, you know, like see that mold, like this will make me feel sick for a week. Um, but there was something about her beautiful face when she said, are you sure you don't just want to try? Come over here and lie down on the bed. And, and I just thought, 
okay, I can pop some charcoal when I get home. It's not the end of the world. I've been through this a million times. So I did it, but I did not have any follow-up symptoms after that session. Cool. Mm. Very cool. Right? Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to park that whole thing now um, because we got to bring this baby home. I realize you are in Australia or on California time right now, so things are <laughs> going to be very confusing for your body uh, as you pass midnight back home. One more question. You are a big fan of gratitude and, you know, I mean, the internet's now full of like get your gratitude journal out and it's almost been trivialised. But if you could really give it, the um the weight and significance it deserves in your words words what is gratitude to you and and what could it be for all of us if we were to tap into it more often well i see gratitude as one of the missing elementals and when i say elemental it's uh, like a dynamic element of creation of our lives in the direction we would like them to go and and when we truly have gratitude, we can't have judgment. Gratitude and judgment don't coexist. Gratitude trumps judgment every time. And gratitude also opens up a space for receiving whatever is without a point of view. So we don't get stuck by what is, but also it creates this, it creates this space of getting out of the trauma of anything and not that it's the only thing but but the choice to the choice to cultivate gratitude is a choice that we have and it's just a choice that's all it's like it's a choice and then you cultivate more gratitude However you go about it, whether that's, you know, and it's funny because I recommend a gratitude list also on your phone, but like being grateful for, I mean, that, so that's one element of, of the gratitude. And, and when you say, and I totally agree, it's been totally trivialized, but it's friggin' potent. Yeah, that's it. You know? And, and that's the, and I'm so glad you're bringing it up and putting it in those terms, because what I say is, okay, the gratitude list is fine. That's an awesome place to start. And with a person or a thing that you find yourself going into and out of judgment of, or into and out of gratitude for, write down a list of everything you're grateful for. So you have it to refer back to when you're going to judgment and pull out of that to go to gratitude, because it is one of the primary elements in creating a successful relationship also. Mm. but also in creating a successful life, a life you're grateful for is a yeah, life relationship with the self. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And so it also, it also creates this space in which you don't stop yourself nearly as much from receiving because, you know, one of the things that most of us have a dynamic challenge with, or at least we've bought that we do is receiving, receiving with no point of view and what gratitude creates is gratitude breaks down the walls that keep you from receiving. And that means money, love, uh, something that seems like yuck, you know, when you receive it with gratitude, it's far less yuck. So it's, it's kind of a hidden superpower if we'd use it. 
Jane, such a pleasure to speak with you uh, and to explore uh, accessing our consciousness on a greater level together. Uh, I really appreciate your time and your work and encourage everybody to check that out. We have all the details in the show notes. Um, but super lovely to get to know you. Thank you so much for this um, powerful conversation. I really, really enjoyed it. As did I. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much, Alex. Thank you. And that is today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. A reminder, we have so many fantastic shows in our archives these days. If this particular topic was helpful to you, head over to lowtoxlife.com forward slash podcast and click on the podcast directory, which gives you food, body, home, mind, and environmental health topics segmented so you can see all the shows that we've done in all of those areas and head straight to what you want. A reminder, we also have 10 fabulous e-courses that I've written with various doctors, naturopaths, health professionals, and experts over the years to support you on your low-tox journey, whether it's making daily swaps, getting ready to make babies, looking after your inflammation, you can hit the courses tab on lowtoxlife.com to explore those. And lastly, I would love to meet you on socials. Go and head over to at lowtoxlife on Instagram or find us on Facebook. It's always such a pleasure to chat and see how you guys are going when you share favorite shows and share them with your friends. I absolutely love that. A little reminder, of course, that all of our shows are not intended as medical advice. They are intended to open the minds and hearts of people and maybe help you explore something you hadn't considered yet, but please always check in with your health professional. And one last little request, if you have time to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, that would just mean the world to me because it helps us get out there and have other people have confidence that that thing they're considering pressing play on is absolutely worth it. I'll catch you for the next show you tune into. Thanks for joining me again. This is Alex Stewart, founder of Lotox Life.